And all three of them showed almost identical findings. And that is that we're seeing a precipitous decline in testosterone levels in men over the last 30 years. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and check movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome to episode 138 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Renee tuning in from Las Vegas today, along with my sister on the other side of the country. Hi, Lauren. Hey, babe. What's up? <laughs> Hi. It's Hi. good to see your face. <laughs> so good to see your face. <laughs> good to see you in person next week. Counting down I the days. Oh, I know. Biohug in Congress coming soon. So soon. Right. Yes. And we have a guest for you today. We have Dr. Tracy Gappin. And one thing that I really am taking away from today that I, I love that he said is high performance health. That is his goal with helping clients. He works with a lot of men, definitely focusing on that, but he's also working with women and high performance health. That just sounds amazing. I think everyone wants to achieve that. And he definitely talks a lot about root causes. He's really big into lifestyle medicine, but also as a doctor, you know, he obviously has access to more treatments. You know, we talk a little bit more about peptides today, hormone replacement therapy, gains wave. So he looks at the whole picture, truly that holistic approach to that better health. But um, also with men, you know, there's definitely a focus on sexual health. I think a lot of men are looking for that, whether it's just that they're not performing in the bedroom or they're fatigued or they're having brain fog. He really has a lot of answers for men. It's It was a great conversation today. I really loved it. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate his systems approach. I think we just all need to hear this again and again and again, that there is not one fix. There's no magic pill. And I think we can get fixated on like the newest, latest and greatest thing, but we have to zoom out and take that 30,000 foot view approach. And I love his analogy of like the spokes on a wheel, you know, that's all these puzzle pieces that we have to put together. And he goes through a pretty long list of things because it's all important. I think some of those things will be, if you listen to us quite often, some of those things will be repeat information for you. And it's important to hear that again and again. It's such a great reminder that we have to come back to these lifestyle nutrition strategies, sleep, using the bio hacking tech, which he's a big fan of, and we are too. Yeah. And then some of the newer strategies like the peptides, gains wave, which is just adding on an, another amazing layer to this. But I think just the biggest takeaway is that we have to zoom out and we have to keep looking at the big picture always. So he's such a great representation of that. Yeah. And also his approach of like short-term and long-term, like long-term is, you know, oh, yeah. right? changing your really diet, cool. optimizing your sleep, right? All the things that we know we need to do, but, you know, eating healthy for one day is not going to change your performance in the bedroom. So he's like, Hey, this is what we're going to do today. So yeah. you can have fun tonight. But in the next three months, we're going (laughs) to clean up your diet and do all these other lifestyle things. So I love that approach. I think sometimes 
physicians go one way or the other, but he's really getting the whole, whole shebang in there. So. Yeah. That was a little surprising at first, but it makes so much sense. Like you got to give somebody something to hold on to, And because yeah. mindset is so, so huge. And he talks about this, like give the client something so they can feel better about themselves and start to see a little bit of change as we work on the long-term strategies. I think that was so awesome. Yeah. You guys will know what we're talking about soon. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. All right. A little bit more about him. Uh, Dr. Tracy Gappin is board certified by the American Board of Urology and is a fellow of the American College of Surgeons. He is a leading gains wave provider. Dr. Gappin founded Sarasota Prostate Care in 2014 to provide MRI-guided targeted fusion biopsy and high-intensity focused ultrasound for prostate cancer patients. In 2017, Dr. Gappin founded Smart Men's Health, focused on optimizing male performance. He offers a personalized path to helping men maximize sexual health, testosterone levels, and prostate health. He is also a published author with his book, Male 2.0, which he will explain in the show why it's called that. I love that. Yeah. So uh, he has lots of resources you can check out after this podcast. If you want to go see him in Sarasota, oh gosh, we love that area of Florida. And he is... um, He really is an amazing resource for both men and women. So we invite all of you to this conversation. We're so excited. Let's bring him on. Welcome, Dr. Gappin to the Biohacker Babes. How are you doing today? Oh, thanks so much. I'm great. Glad to be here. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you on. We seem to be on a little bit of a roll of men's health this year. So we're helping all the men out there and we're super excited to be a part of that men's health team. And quite often we have started our podcast with men don't tune out because this is for ladies today, but today we're doing the opposite. Ladies don't tune out just because we're talking about men, because everything we talk about with lifestyle medicine and root cause, we know this can help both genders, obviously. And also for the women out there, this information is going to be really valuable to help your spouse, your partner, your boyfriend, your friend, all of the above. So to kick it off, you have a really interesting story about how you were practicing more traditional medicine for many years, and then you kind of transitioned into more of a holistic approach, this lifestyle medicine yeah. approach. So yeah. if you can share, how in the world did that happen? <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the women because you know what I find uh, is that the, the women, the wives, the girlfriends, the partners are the ones who typically drive all healthcare decisions and get their men to finally seek help. And the same thing happened with me and my story as well. So I'm glad. I always love to be on, on more female-based uh, podcasts because I think this message is super important for the women to be aware of. So uh, thank Great. you for letting me be here with you. So yeah, my story, uh, I have uh, been in Western medicine if you will, traditional, you know, uh, urologist for 20 plus years. And I hit a wall where, uh, I had no energy. I felt like crap. I was stressed out, anxious, wasn't sleeping. And, um, I really came to the, the harsh realization that I had been neglecting my health. You know, I was, uh, eating poorly. I wasn't sleeping. I was not exercising and I was so really engrossed in my business that I neglected my health because of it. And ultimately uh, it it landed me in a doctor's office for my first exam ever. And it was a a very eye-opening, humbling uh, experience to sit there on that exam table with, you know, I was wearing one of those paper gowns and, you know, my ass is hanging out. It's, it's, It's a very humbling experience. 
And uh, this this doctor, this uh, internal medicine doc, did a bunch of tests, and uh, it was terrible. Uh, my cholesterol was sky high. My kidney function was off. I had markers of inflammation. Um, I had I was pre diabetic at that point actually as well. I was thirty pounds overweight, and I was suddenly really face to face with my own mortality, and it was a, a a scary experience. But what was worse was when this doctor, <laughs> when it came time for this doctor to give me you know, guidance, suggestions, recommendations at, at the time, I'm a urologist. What the hell do I know about, you know, health optimization and longevity and, and improving performance and weight loss and all this stuff. His answer was, Tracy, you need to eat more vegetables. You need to exercise more. And maybe we'll put you on a statin, a prescription medication. And that was it. That's all I got. And I didn't know much then, but I knew I needed help. I needed serious help. And so that got me on a quest, on a journey. And I learned all about uh, functional medicine. I learned all about lifestyle medicine and epigenetics, which is, you know, your listeners probably know it's, it's the science of how your lifestyle and your genetics come together, how they intersect to affect our health, either good or bad, and how we can use that information to our advantage. Um, I learned about peptide therapy and, and hormone optimization and all these amazing tools, these strategies that I had never knew before. We were never taught in medical school. I never knew it. And so I don't fault other doctors for not knowing them either, but uh, suffice it to say, I learned a ton in that, uh, in that process, in that journey. And I transformed my own health. You know, I lost weight. I regained my energy, regained uh, my sense of vitality. I was me again. And I was able to be a present and engaged husband and father, which um, I was not for quite some time there. And so it helped me really gain an entirely new perspective on, on health and performance and longevity. And uh, I, um, applied those same principles to some of my patients and uh, saw amazing results with them as well. And suddenly I realized, holy cow, like I'm onto something here. And um, it, the magic was putting all those pieces together that in men's health, at least no one had ever done before in combining genetics and functional medicine and lifestyle medicine and wearable technology and peptide therapy and comprehensive, you know, functional testing. No one had done this in men's health before. And so um, it, it, it really uh, blossomed from there. And I uh, made the massive leap. This was last year. I literally jumped off a cliff and I left traditional medicine. Like, holy cow, I literally said goodbye after 20 plus years, 25 plus years in, in traditional medicine, 20 plus years as a surgeon operating and saving lives every day. I literally walked away from it so that I can follow my passion and my purpose, which is uh, this, which is what I call high performance health. And so that's really what got me here with you gals today. Mm, wow. That's so amazing. I mean, filling a gap and a need that is so critical. I mean, the puzzle pieces or the puzzle at large is just so expansive yeah. and complex. You just rattle off so many different pieces of that puzzle. How do we break it down and make it actionable? Or maybe you can yeah. um, reduce it to maybe three actionable items and we'll refine that as we go through the podcast, of course. Sure. But maybe it was like the biggest needle mover for you in the beginning. Yeah. So I, I think about it uh, in three different kind of chunks. The first is I look at, um, I, I say think bigger. And what I mean by that is think beyond one simple single biohack or trick that you think is going to help you lose weight, regain energy, regain your focus, have better sex, whatever it may be. And I, I use the concept of a high performance bicycle wheel. Okay. And you have the spokes of your wheel. And 
If you think of that wheel, if any one of those spokes are broken, is that wheel going to work properly? The answer is no. Well, think of those spokes as the inputs to your human system that are affecting your health. And those are things like, obviously, what you eat, when you eat, your gut health, the toxins that you're exposed to, your stress, your sleep, which is underrated, how you move, even how you think and how you breathe can all affect your body's performance. We can look at hormones. You know, everyone's so focused on, well, just give me testosterone. I get guys coming in the door every day. I just want testosterone. Well, I'm like, hold on a second. We got to go beyond testosterone because that's just one spoke in your wheel. How about thyroid or cortisol or DHEA or melatonin or growth hormone or the other 15 hormones that we care about and not just testosterone? Those are all just different spokes in that wheel. And so I emphasize this systems approach to health which means that you focus on every one of those spokes because if one of them are broken, you're never going to achieve the results you want, whether it's energy, whether it's focus, whether it's weight loss, whether it's sex, whatever it may be, that's really the secret behind it all. You just briefly mentioned thyroid, which I feel like no one really talks about with men. You hear so often women diagnosed with hypothyroid, uh, Hashimoto's is definitely on the rise too, but how often are you seeing thyroid be a major issue for men? Great question. So I, uh, we'll talk about testosterone in a second, but I'll just say that um, almost um, every man who has low testosterone, because they're closely related, you know, it's the pituitary gland that sends out the signals to turn on testosterone production. I similarly will see um, those men have issues with thyroid. Now they may not be true, you know, uh, ICD-10 code of hypothyroidism, but they have suboptimal thyroid levels such that it's affecting their energy and their mood and their metabolism and their uh, uh, you know workout performance and so on. And, and it is back to that systems approach. They're all acting like a symphony together and, and none of them work in isolation. And so the key is to focus on everything. And so you're right that thyroid is typically thought of as a, as a woman's hormone, but it's really important for men as well. And it's often overlooked. Yeah. I see that quite often with clients. Once we dig a little bit deeper and look at the relationship between estrogen and testosterone and, and thyroid stuff is all over the place. It's not even like it's always antibodies or it's always like TSH out of range. It's so delicate. So absolutely. I really want to talk about testosterone though. You mentioned before we got on the call that there's like a testosterone pandemic. And I I've seen on your website that you've said, it's not all about testosterone. So how do we start to shift that narrative and get men to understand that there is this delicate relationship and like estrogen is important and DHEA, like you said. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there are three huge studies that have been published worldwide. One was here in the U S and two were in Europe and all three of them showed almost identical findings. And that is that we're seeing a precipitous decline in testosterone levels in men over the last 30 years. In fact, we have seen um, a drop by over 30% in the last two decades, and it's dropping by about 1% a year. What that means is a 50-year-old guy today has a testosterone level that is literally 30% lower than a 50-year-old guy 20 years ago. It's scary. And it's not just about sex. It's not just about building muscle. It's about a guy's mood. It's about his ability to focus at work. It's about his ability to burn fat, build muscle, have better bones. It's tied to cardiovascular health. You know, we see men with low testosterone have a 25 to 30% increased risk of major adverse cardiac events. And so there's a real health implication of this low testosterone. 
what's honestly comical, and, and I, I don't want to trash my, my colleagues, but in, in Western medicine, <laughs> doctors have a tendency to look at the lab slip and they look at that reference range over on the side and say, oh, you're in that, it's black, the number's black, you're fine. Oh, it's red, we're going to fix that number. If it's red, if it's black, you're fine. Well, I say BS because understanding what we what I just described in those three studies, which are irrefutable, that there's been a dramatic decline in testosterone. When you look at your lab slip, this is very important. That range on the right is not the normal range. Right. It is not normal. People have this false, this misconception. That's the reference range. So what does the reference range mean? It simply means you take the median and you take two standard deviations of the population, and that's your range. That's your reference range. So therefore, knowing that, the, and no one's, ta- I don't know why no one's talking about this. It blows my mind. But if we know that that range keeps dropping by 1% every year, then that curve keeps shifting to the left. And it says that the test, a, nor- a reference range or quote, normal T is 190 to 800. A testosterone 200 is not normal. <laughs> yeah, so we're like curving the grade on a test. Yeah. Like so the whole class failed. So we're just going to shift everyone so everyone succeeds. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's not getting the attention it deserves. And, you know, I jokingly say that, that our balls are under attack um, because it, it's a real crisis and it's not getting any attention and it has real serious health implications beyond just sex. What's yeah. the best way to check testosterone? Blood? Urine, Dutch, what, what do you do there? Great test. So I know I'm in a functional medicine room. Um, I prefer blood testing. I've done both. So I do a lot of Dutch testing, a lot of saliva testing as well. Um, I personally um, rely on blood testing. Um, and so what I will do with that is um, draw typically in the morning for if we're checking a new lab draw in the morning, that's typically when it's the highest uh, throughout the day. It varies quite a bit. And again, we want to be not in the reference range, but up in the optimal, healthy, normal, ideal range, which is very different. Yeah. And this decline in testosterone that we're seeing, what do you think are the top maybe three causes of that? Two words, endocrine disruptors. So the, um, and I've given talks on stage about this at A4M and Ancestral Health about all of the studies that show unequivocally that endocrine disruptors are crushing hormones. So what is that for the listener? An endocrine disruptor is a chemical, a toxin, a toxicant that affects endocrine endocrine function. And it can cause low testosterone like we're seeing here. It can cause autoimmune disease, infertility. Um, It can cause uh, precocious puberty. It can cause cancers, diabetes, um, depression. So we see a dramatic correlation between these uh, toxin exposures and low testosterone. So what are examples? So in our food, our foods are laden with uh, toxins like atrazine. Our crops are sprayed with atrazine and herbicide. And studies have shown that in very micro doses, it will turn female, excuse me, it'll turn male frogs into female frogs that actually lay eggs and reproduce. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> terrifying. And, and we have exponentially higher levels of that in our food and in our drinking water. We have estradiol, which is, you know, women's birth control in our water supply because it's not filtered very well. Our municipal treatment centers can't clear it from the water. And so men are drinking it. We are getting plastics from plastic food containers, plastic water bottles, K cups, um, any kind of plastic food container that's heated up to go containers, for example personal care products like laundry detergent, especially soaps and shampoos and anything scented like colognes, 
sunscreen, all these things are loaded with chemicals and toxins, phthalates and um, other chemicals that um, have clearly been associated with um, uh, hormone function. What's scary is that other parts of the world have banned most of these chemicals, but here in the US, it's like the FDA turns a blind eye. And so it's all about um, two things. Number one, it's about awareness and, and understanding and eliminating those exposures. So for example, you know, always use a stainless steel water cup and filter your water and, you know, never drink from a plastic water bottle. Um, don't use cake cups. Make sure when you're brewing your coffee that there's no plastic tubing, for example. Don't use plastic food containers. Don't use metal cans. The inside of metal cans are lined with plastic. Um, use apps that you can uh, scan barcodes of personal care products to see the ingredients. Um, Environmental Working Group has uh, an app called Healthy Living. It's free. Put it on your phone, and when you're at Target or Walmart, wherever you are, scan the products on the, on the, on the shelf and make sure you're getting clean, um, organic, if you can, products. Eating organic grass-fed uh, meat, if you eat meat, organic fruits and vegetables, critical to avoid all these toxins. The second thing is looking more at how can we turn on our body's ability to fight off toxin exposure. And that's looking at detox systems, phase two detox and glutathione, all the sciencey nerdy stuff that I like to talk about. But uh, suffice it to say, improving your body's ability to, to clear those toxins as well is critically important. But back to the main question, when we look at testosterone, why are we seeing such a precipitous decline? Um, those studies corrected for obesity, they corrected for you know nutritional factors that we think might be at play. And um, it comes down to toxins. Mm -hmm. I was just speaking to a male client this morning about estrogen detoxification and pushing it through those pathways. I'm curious your thoughts on maybe some of the most powerful detoxification strategies like um, infrared sauna, castor oil, coffee enemas, any of those like at the top of your list you find really important? Yeah, you, you know, great question. I actually, um, a, a little bit of a different spin here. I rely on um, uh, comprehensive testing, um, precision diagnostics, I call it, and genetics. So what I mean by that is um, there are three major um, detoxification pathways that we look at when we're clearing toxins. You have, you know, your glutathione, catalase, and superoxide dismutase. And based on your genetics, you can see which ones of those might need additional support. And so, um, you know, it may be that, that we're, we're helping glutathione or, you know, NAC, or maybe we're using green tea or, or um, you know, whatever supplementation, depending on the genetics that, that we see. And then I really come to love functional diagnostic testing. We don't get any of that stuff in traditional medicine, but looking at, you know, the Dutch testing, I think is critically important to look at the um, estrogen metabolism uh, pathway to, to, to make sure that you're going down the, the correct path. And so I, I think it's really individualized. I hate to give any one specific answer because it just depends. Yeah, absolutely. The, the pathways are specific, but I didn't know just general thoughts on like a coffee enema for upregulating glutathione. Um, yeah, I typically uh, don't use a lot of those. I know that a lot of functional medicine docs do. And, and, and to be clear, I work with functional medicine docs in tandem as well, because I like, I stay in my lane. You know, I, I I'm not going to stand here and pretend that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a full fledged functional medicine doc in every realm. Um, but I incorporate a lot of functional strategies in what I do. And when I need support, I work with some functional medicine colleagues as well when it comes to that kind of deeper stuff. Amazing. Hey, biohackers, Renee here. Just a brief interruption in today's episode to tell you about one of our favorite biohacks. And it's all about drinking wine. 
I personally love red wine, but anytime I drink commercial wine, it totally destroys my sleep and I feel like crap the next day. I can even see the impact on my biometrics, like on my bio strap or my aura ring, but I see increased body temperature, elevated heart rate, a major drop in heart rate variability, all really bad things that you don't want to see as far as sleep and recovery goes. So it's really just not worth it to me, even though I love the taste of wine. So once Lauren and I discovered dry farm wines, I was so excited because I felt like I could finally drink wine again. So dry farm wines offers organic biodynamic wine. It's sugar-free keto and paleo friendly. It's lower in sulfates and it's free of toxic additives. If you want to learn more about the dirty secrets behind the wine industry, especially like about the toxic additives they're throwing in there, you'd want to go back and check out episode 62, where we interviewed Todd White. He is the founder of Dry Farm Wines and gives so much great information about what's really going on with wine in the United States and why we should really be drinking safer, cleaner, healthier wines. So if you're ready to try this amazing clean wine that we love so much, Check out today's show notes for a special link where you can actually get an extra bottle with your first order for just one penny. All right. We hope you love the wine. Let's get back to the show. Speaking of personal care products, I'm curious for the men out there listening, they might be wondering, do you have any favorite brands off the top of your head that are more masculine brands, I would say? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I actually, I give my wife the app and she goes to the store and buys all that stuff for me. It's okay. all that delegate. It's all that delegation. So I honestly couldn't even tell you, but uh, but she um, she will scan every item that we have, and um, and I've gotten her as obsessed about it as I am. So I honestly, I'm sorry, I couldn't even tell you what the heck they are. Um, but the, again, the environmental. There's an app called Healthy Living by the Environmental Working Group, um, and then there's another app as well. I'll, I'll I'll pull up real quick if I can find it fast for you. I will say I um, w- when I switched over to better personal care products a long time ago, my husband wasn't really like super into it. But over yeah. time he started using my products. I was like, are you using my shampoo and my body wash? Like he just uses all the same stuff that I use. So. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately it's a lot more expensive, you know, just like buying organic fruits and vegetables, a lot more expensive, but in my mind, it, it's, you know, when I talk bigger picture, I talk a lot about living with intention and uh, micro decisions on a daily basis. And that's one of those micro decisions that you you're, you got to make because those little decisions, they all add up. And that's one big piece when it comes to testosterone. Um, yeah. The other app I found is called Think Dirty. Uh, and you yeah. Y U K A. Those are the two apps that are, are out there as well that, uh, again, my right. wife uses those. I don't, but um, I recommend them highly. Yeah. And I will <laughs> well, say to speak to the issue of it being more expensive, I have found that cleaner personal care products last longer, like a little bit goes a long way versus when you're using whatever dove body wash, crappy stuff, you need like a handful versus really clean stuff. Yeah. It's like more potent because they're not filling it with all these other chemicals. Right. Yeah. So, but definitely yeah. worth the price hundred percent. I'm curious kind of about the other opposite, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. You mentioned thoughts. So we're getting into like mental, emotional health. And I know there's some people that want to do everything to, to optimize their health. They're doing all the supplements, all the exercise, all the testing, but maybe their mental, emotional health is a little crazed. What are you seeing there as, as far as like an obsessive compulsive, I want to do everything. And maybe, <laughs> maybe this is not the right direction. Yeah, That's a broad question. But. 
No, great. Yeah, great question. And um, I, I created what I call the um, MALE protocol or, you know, male protocol, which is mindset, aging, lifestyle, and environment. That, that is really my systems approach to health, if you will. I organize it to make it um, palatable. And the first one's M for mindset. And I love that because it all starts with mindset, I like to say. And so I'm glad, I'm happy to talk about this. Um, I talk a lot about living with, you know, what, first of all, what is your why? What is your true purpose in life? And make sure you're living with intention so that everything you do is in alignment with that why. So for me, it's um, to be the most amazing dad I can be. You know, I had a, a, a shitty childhood. My dad, I didn't have a dad and my father wasn't there. And so my, um, my life purpose is to be the best dad I can be. And so everything I do has to fall in alignment with that or else I have to really stop and, and, and reevaluate. And so it's getting guys to focus on what's important. And that gets back to the micro decisions that everything you do has to be in alignment with that. The other part of mindset is limiting beliefs. So many men, and I work with a lot of executives, entrepreneurs, and these high-performing guys who are traveling everywhere. And, and they have so many excuses, so many reasons. I can't change. I'm too busy. I'm too old. My genetics say this. My parents said this. Or I know that I do better with this. It's all kind of nonsense uh, until you can get past those limiting beliefs and realize that anything is possible. Anything is, but we are limitless. And once you get that through your skull, it's amazing what you can actually accomplish. I mean, shit, here I am. I left traditional Western medicine. I left urology. I left an incredible income to start from scratch. And here I am with you gals having an amazing time, loving what I'm doing. And other doctors would be like, how could you do that? It's, it's all here. It's all having the belief that you can do whatever the heck you want to do. Um, the last piece of mindset that I'll emphasize is the, the woo stuff that I used to, I used to scoff at, but there's actually science behind meditation. Studies show that meditation actually turns on and turns off genes. And that there's science behind the powerful effect of meditation, mindfulness practices as it relates to our health. And especially when I see men who are um, so stressed, when I say stressed, I mean physiologic stress, sympathetic tone, dominating parasympathetic tone for the listeners. I don't mean like psychological stress. I mean, body stress, if you will. A lot of that is starting with the mind and getting them to freaking relax and to create time for active relaxation. And that may be fishing, that may be yoga, that may be meditation, that may be paddleboarding, whatever the activity is, listen to music, you know, whatever that may be that's going to get you into a state of relaxation to turn off that sympathetic tone and to get in a state of relaxation has an amazing effect, again, on that whole wheel. That's a very important spoke that I think is often missed in traditional medicine. Definitely. On the mental or mindset piece, I, I do want to transition into sexual performance but I, I think I heard you talk about this on a podcast somewhere. And I've seen this with male clients where they're in the bedroom and they're not performing and maybe it's not physical. What's going on up here? Is yes. it mindset, mental health? What's going on? There? Question. And I'll tell you the actual, the secret is most of the time it actually is mindset. Okay. Most of the time it, I'll emphasize that, most of the time it actually is mindset. Now, some guys need help. Some guys actual, you know, some guys have actual problems that need to be addressed and um, how we can talk about ways of treating ED for sure. But there's this performance anxiety, if you will, this need, this desire that men have to always be able to perform perfectly. And when men can't perform perfectly, suddenly it becomes 
um, a big source of anxiety, whether they express that to their partner or not. Now, the next time they go to perform, and I use that word specifically, they are very hyper acutely aware of what happened that last time. And now they're so focused on not letting that happen again and proving that that's not the real case that they can quote perform. It becomes this vicious, ugly cycle where guys are so worried about performing that they can't perform. Mm. And so a lot of times I'll use strategies just to make it work for them so that they can get over their own, get out of their own way, get over their own head and get back to performing. And what are some of those strategies? Like short yeah. short term fixes, I guess. Yeah, short. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and when I look at ways of managing um, sexual dysfunction, whether it's ED, whether it's, it's um, other um, premature issues, um, there are short term treatments or solutions and long term. And so, when we look at short term, such as men like this who just need a little kickstart or just needs a confidence booster, you know, the blue pill, the yellow pill, um, they're, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to necessarily rely on pharmaceuticals, but I like it as simply a short-term solution to get guys to realize that shit, I'm normal. And it's okay to not perform perfectly every time, you know, no one's perfect and no one can be expected to be a robot on command, turn it on and turn it off. And, and so I, I actually do use those a lot for nothing more than getting guys to realize that, Hey, I'm okay. It all is good. And, mm-hmm. and so it's a very short-term um, solution in that regard. It's, it's a bandaid. It's not a, a, a fix for the underlying problem. Um, vacuum erection device. It looks like a, a plastic tennis ball can um, with a pump at the end of it. And guys can put it on and pump it up and it'll act like a vacuum to draw blood into the penis to create an erection. Uh, that's a great short-term option as well. It's a little cumbersome can be awkward can be um, not very spontaneous. And so uh, a lot of guys will not like it for that reason, but it definitely works. So those are all the short-term solutions. And then the long-term, that's where we look at things like gains wave, things like PRP, exosome, stem cells, more of the uh, regenerative approaches uh, to managing ED. Mm. And then what about some other root causes like vascular health or just hormonal imbalances that would be- Absolutely. Yeah, so you know when I- talk about systems approach to health, going back to that wheel, if you will think of the center of that wheel, it could be weight loss. It could be better sex. It could be better energy. It could be better focus, whatever it is. Think of it like a wheel. So again, I always come back to that concept of a systems approach to health. And, um, when, when I offer gains wave to men or PRP or stem cells or exosome, any of those other options, what I point out is that these are long-term solutions, but if we don't focus on that wheel, you're going to end up right back where you are now in a few years from now. And mm-hmm. so uh, it, th- that's really what you need to sustain long-term results without question. Yeah. Hmm. And what about the connection between ED and cardiovascular health? I've heard that ED could be a warning sign that something is yeah. coming. Yeah. So when we think about an erection, what is it? It's simply increased blood flow. and how do you get that? You get that through um, vasodilation of the arteries that supply blood to the penis. And so it's all about uh, the vascular system. In most cases, there are other causes of ED, but we'll, we'll stick with vascular for the moment. And so the blood vessels to the penis are some of the smallest blood vessels in the body. And they're much smaller than the blood vessels to the heart. 
And so when we see men, especially in their 40s and 50s, when they present with what appears to be vascular etiology, ED, then we're going to deal with the, the sexual issues. We're going to deal with the system's approach to, to health. But that's, as you said, a warning flag for why does this guy have issues with vascular supply to the penis? And so because those arteries are smaller, if you will, than the, the cardiac vessels, the coronary vessels, this is why I recommend that all those guys undergo a cardiac evaluation. Stress test, for example, uh, coronary calcium score, I think, is, is helpful. I do a lot of uh, comprehensive lab testing, looking at um, you know, lipid fractionation, looking at things like ApoB, LP, little a, uh, you know, stuff like that, that are, you know, CRP for inflammation. Um, a lot of labs that are, are super important to really dive deeper into that man's cardiovascular risk. Hmm. What about the role of nitric oxide? Is yes. that similar? Absolutely. So uh, when we talk about those blood vessels dilating, those arteries becoming, you know, those pipes, if you will, becoming bigger to allow more blood flow. How does that happen at a cellular microscopic level? Well, it's actually nitric oxide that causes those smooth muscles to relax to increase the diameter of those blood vessels. And so nitric oxide is the critical hormone. It's a hormone that causes vasodilation, increased blood flow. And so nitric oxide is a great way to help support that, support your endothelium, which is the lining of your blood vessels, the, the smooth muscle specifically that has to relax to allow increased blood flow. And so coming back to, you know, how everything is interconnected and how our body is this complex human system, insulin resistance, okay? Insulin resistance, which you think has, has nothing to do with sex. It has everything to do with sex because insulin resistance, which is your body doesn't uh, respond to insulin like it should, insulin resistance dramatically halts production of what? Nitric oxide. And so with no nitric oxide, you can't get that vasodilation. And so um, I see guys all the time, they're coming in, they're 300 pounds, they have obvious insulin resistance, massive obesity, and all they want is a blue pill and, and that's it. And I'm like, no, like step back, take a 30,000 foot view and you'll understand how this is all interrelated. And so for a lot of guys, when I can help them lose weight and uh, fix their hormones and fix their inflammation and their gut health and all those other pieces, magically their sexual function improves dramatically. So would you start there with fixing the insulin resistance, dietary strategies to lower glucose, or is there a direct strategy for the nitric oxide? Do you do it all at once? Great answer. It, the answer is all every and all of that. So, um, it, you know, or at a granular level, guy walks in the door and he's having issues with sexual function and we take a deep dive into his health. I'm going to fix that guy right here, right now, today, tonight, so he can perform or else he's going to be frustrated and he's going to move on and uh, he's not going to be very happy. And so I'm going to give him a short-term option for now, whether it's um, pills, whether it's a vacuum pump, whether it's injection therapy, which sounds terrible, whatever short-term fix that I can get him functioning and happy and performing tonight, right here tonight. Yeah. But then we're going to look long-term. How do we fix the long-term uh, function? And that's where we can look at the regenerative options like we talked about but also the, the, the full body comprehensive systems approach is critical if we're going to sustain that long-term as well. So that's where they all kind of come together. Yeah. It comes yeah. back to that holistic approach. Yeah. yeah. And if I talk to that guy about nutrition, which is criti incredibly critically important, he's not gonna be very happy when he's still not having sex tonight. And <laughs> so it takes a little more than that short term. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Um, any specific lifestyle strategies for boosting the nitric oxide? Um, 
sleep, exercise, just daily things that we could put into practice? Yeah, sleep and exercise would be the the, the two uh, critical pieces when it comes to nitric oxide. Um, you know, what sleep does is um, is dramatic, and we could talk about different phases of sleep and you know the critical you know, uh, deep sleep. That's the restorative aspect of it. But when we have crummy sleep, that promotes inflammation, that promotes cortisol uh, rise, and all that's going to ultimately affect um, your vascular endothelium and your ability to produce nitric oxide through that endothelium. When we look at strength training, you know, we know that strength training is going to have a direct effect on vascular endothelial function as well. Um, and so I'm a, um, a a strong proponent, number one, of genetics to help us uh, dive deeper into uh, to which type of fitness is right for you because we can actually use that data. Um, but suffice it to say that guys in general do too much cardio and not enough interval and strength training. Um, but again, I, I would hinge that on genetics. Um, and then finally, nutrition. You know, the, the um, glucose regulation is really paramount for these guys. Um, I, I'm a, a huge proponent of using CGM continuous glucose monitoring, not just on diabetics, but on anyone who wants to improve their health and performance. And so what I do with that is um, I'll prescribe it to the pharmacy and, and there are companies out there you can buy it directly, but they, they uh, charge an arm and a leg just to, to have a nice user interface. But the device you can actually get uh, for, it's fairly cheap. You can actually get the first one free from your pharmacy and it goes in your arm, painless to apply. And it has a little sensor that goes under the skin and you can continuously track your blood sugar for two weeks at a time through an app on your phone. And it's incredibly valuable to uh, track how your food, how your stress and how your sleep, how your fitness, how everything is affecting your blood sugar, which ultimately affects insulin sensitivity, which ultimately affects nitric oxide production. Oh, you were speaking our language. We love, we love CGMs, but yeah, yeah no one's talking about CGMs for sexual health. Like it's all related. And, and that's, yeah. that's really the secret that, that, that is lost is that it's all tightly related. Yeah. I am happy to report. So I do a ton. Most of my business is glucose coaching. All of my clients nice. have the level CGM. Yeah. And I am happy to report to, that like 75% of my clientele are men. So they are looking at this. It's at oh, least yeah. started yeah. to shift yeah. a little bit, but you're right. The sexual health conversation is limited at this point. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's great so. that you are able to prescribe it. Uh, and I'm curious for insurance purposes, does yeah. someone have to be diabetic or pre-diabetic to get this covered by insurance? Oh, or are you able to yeah. write it? Yeah. Great question. So, you know, levels is wonderful. I know there are a couple other ones out there as well. A new one, I think a new one's coming down the pipeline too. So there, there's going to be several options pretty soon here, but um, yeah, NutriSense was the other one that's been out there for a while. Mm -hmm. um, those are great for the, for, I don't want to say average. I don't mean to, that, that does, that's not meant to be derogatory for the, the, the lay person, for everyday consumer to be able to go and purchase on them on their own. Um, but from a doctor, you can get uh, uh, the same CGM, the Freestyle Libre device that you use the same app on your phone. The app is free. And the device, the first one from your pharmacy, you get a coupon online that's totally free. And then it ends up being around 30 bucks a month with your insurance. And so I've actually done it myself. I've used it a, a ton. And through my insurance, uh, again, it's 30, 30 or so bucks, um, excuse me, 30 or so bucks per sensor, excuse me, a two week sensor is about 30 bucks. So it ends up being about 60 bucks, 65 bucks, um, per month, um, for the sensor. Not too bad at all. Yeah, that's that's 400. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and most people, you know, just to point out here, most people don't need to think about using that long term. Like, well, shit, I'm, I, I can't afford that, you know, for a year. No, you do it for like six weeks at a time. And now you really understand how 
what you eat matters. And even the order of what you eat matters. You know, like I, I can eat white rice and of course my blood sugar spikes, but if I eat my salmon and my Brussels sprouts first, and then have the same amount of white rice, I get a very minimal increase in my blood sugar. And so it, it's playing around with the data to understand how your body responds. So now tomorrow, I don't need a device on me to know exactly what I got to do. And so maybe next month, I'll try it again for a couple of weeks, but it's not meant to be something you have to do long-term. Yeah. The only challenge is that it's a huge project to take on, to track everything and really get all of the experimentation done. I find some clients are like, oh, I forgot. I'll do it another month. <laughs> So in some sense, you have to be ready for it, but you're right. It should not, we should not have tech yeah. attached to us for the rest of our lives. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what yeah. other wearable data trackers do you recommend for clients? So I am obsessed with wearable tech. And, Ooh, tell us more. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I don't care if you're using a ring, a, a strap, a, a, a bracelet, a watch. I, I try to be agnostic to brand and I have my personal preferences and there are pros and cons to each device, depending on what you're trying to track. Um, I, I like to say that the perfect device is the one that you're going to use consistently. Yeah. A lot of guys don't wear rings. I have a, a, one of my clients, he's a professional race car driver, actually. And uh, he actually won his race at the St. Pete Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago. It was so awesome. Um, and of course it was all me and, and we could talk about him in a second, really fun story. Um, but he will not wear a ring and he doesn't want anything on his, on his, like a, like a watch, but he Uh-oh. would wear a bio strap. <laughs> huh. And so that, that's how unique everyone, someone, another guy won't wear a watch, but he'll wear an auto ring. And so you know, everyone's different and what you're trying to track is different. Um, the, you know, the whoop and the bio strap and the, and the, um, Fitbit and the aura and the Garmin and on and on, they all have different pros and cons. And so pick one that you're going to wear and be consistent with it, be reliable with it. You know, like you mentioned the, the CGM, like how important is your health? Is your health not your top priority? If, if now is not the time, then when, and so it's all about, it's all about commitment. So back to wearable tech, um, what do you track with it? Why do we care? Well, you can track things like sleep. I'll have clients come in and they'll say, yeah, I sleep fine. Well, I say nonsense. How, how do you sleep? If you're not tracking it, you have, you're just guessing. And so people will sleep seven hours, but then you look at their data and they got zero deep sleep. And deep sleep is the critical phase of your sleep where you have the repair, you restore growth hormone levels, your, your, your muscles repair, you clear toxins, autophagy, clearing dead cells and de- cellular debris away. All that is, is happening mostly in deep sleep. And so using wearable tech to track REM sleep and deep sleep are the two key phases that we care about um, is really important. And then when we, u- when we get that information, we can use it to understand how your lifestyle, how your behaviors, how your environment is affecting it. And so I can tell you, it's so common for high-performing individuals to have trouble with sleep. And wearable tech is the first place to start to understand why. And there are a lot of causes. It could be what you're eating before bedtime. A lot of foods have high glutamate levels and certain genetics predispose you to having issues with glutamate conversion to GABA. Um, it could be sleep hygiene issues. You know, we talk a lot about, I know you guys on your podcast talk a lot about, you know, sleep hygiene techniques and stuff as well. Um, it could be hormone-based. A lot of people with thyroid issues, thyroid has a dramatic effect on poor sleep. 
growth hormone levels have a dramatic effect on the quality of your sleep. So this is how everything, again, all kind of comes together, how nutrition and sleep and behaviors can all affect your sleep. Um, so wearable tech is great for that. And then the other uh, key metric that I like to track with wearable tech is stress, physiologic stress. Again, we talked about this briefly earlier, this balance between your sympathetic and parasympathetic uh, nervous systems, the, the yin and yang, so to speak. And uh, your, your device can track something called heart rate variability or HRV, or also resting heart rate would, would be almost or just as good as well as, as an alternative. But this is a surrogate for your body's stress level. And so we can use that data to understand, again, how your body's responding to your environment, behaviors, activities, and, and make important critical decisions. I like to tell a story about a client of mine who had very high stress numbers, which equals low heart rate variability. Okay. So heart rate variability, you wanted to be high. So his was very low every Friday and we took a deep dive. Why the hell is it low every Friday, but great the rest of the week. Well, come to find out he would go out drinking heavily the night before every Thursday night on date night with his wife. And so it's realizing, you know, if I told him to quit drinking, yeah, yeah, doc, I hear you. Okay. Of course. Yeah. I'll quit drinking. And then, and then he won't, but to see your data and to see how it's directly affecting your stress levels it means something different. Now, why do we care? Why is, so I'll have high stress, big deal. Well, that, that causes you to have increased cortisol levels, your stress hormone. What does that do? It causes you to store fat. It causes you to stop producing testosterone. It causes your testosterone that you have to get for, converted to estrogen. It affects your mood. It affects your ability to resist you know, poor food choices. It affects everything. And so trickle-down effect, again, everything is tightly uh, interrelated with each other. Yeah. yeah what I love about the tech is you generally can't unsee things. <laughs> yes. Sometimes just seeing it once you don't forget, you know, the, and there's the, still the accountability pudding, motivation, yeah. but it's like, yeah. well, now I know. <laughs> yeah. right. I, I know what wine does to my sleep. It's, I can't unsee that. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely things Absolutely. I've changed permanently yeah. because I saw it once on my CGM yeah. or my aura mm-hmm. ring. And it's like, once you know, it's like, if you're in this game of optimization, why would you not follow through? Yes, so yeah, yes. so much nuance, but definitely helpful. For sure. For sure. And a great trick that the listeners can use is if you have a device and you're tracking your sleep, a lot of people will, will have trouble sleeping and they'll use things like alcohol, things like Tylenol PM, or they'll even take some of these prescription medications, Ambien. Um, I want you to track your deep sleep when you take those drugs, if you will. And I want you to see how crummy it is and how those are sedating you. Those are not giving you good quality restorative sleep. So quit doing it. Get to the cause of why you have poor sleep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want to be sedated for eight hours. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So important. So once we kind of refine all these lifestyle strategies, can we move on to some peptides? Because we are super jazzed about this. I'm just noticing there's like a lot of P words in in men's health. (laughs) Peptides (laughs) is one of them. So can you tell us maybe what you recommend to patients? Maybe just a general overview since it's kind of new and there's not a ton of resources out there. For sure. So peptides are amazing. Um, Peptides are nothing more than short proteins. They're chains of amino acids that act like signaling molecules in your body. And as you age, uh, certain peptide levels get depleted, which can lead to various health issues. 
And so what I love about peptide therapy is it's a very individualized, uh, precision-based approach to improving health. So if we're looking to reduce inflammation, if we're looking to boost immune function, if we're looking to help your body with musculoskeletal repair, or if we're looking to improve the gut microbiome, or um, we're looking to improve weight loss, improve growth hormone, improve sleep levels, improve sex, very precise outcomes with peptides. And the beauty is they're not drugs. They're not pharmaceuticals. They're simply signaling molecules, short proteins that your body already recognizes, and they tend to have relatively few, if any, side effects if used appropriately, of course. (laughs) And so um, examples of peptides, um, BPC is is a great peptide for inflammation. And there's uh, gut inflammation, and then there's musculoskeletal inflammation. So there's different types of BPC depending. Um, Thymosin alpha is a great peptide for boosting immune function. And I won't make any correlation to any recent world events, but it can certainly help you overcome um, certain issues if you are trying to improve your immune function. Musculoskeletal (laughs) repair. Um, I just had elbow surgery and I'm using thymus and beta, which is an amazing peptide for improving musculoskeletal repair, joint and ligament, and even cartilage tendon repair and uh, uh, remodeling. Um, I can go on and on. So uh, tons of peptides or even peptides for longevity, peptides for hair loss, PTT, DBM, uh, PT141 is a great one for sexual function and libido. Even women can use that one. Um, Melatonin is related to PT141 also for libido. There's a great peptides for weight loss. Um, I love uh, CJC ipamorelin is a peptide combination that will boost internal growth hormone production. Uh, I prefer it much more than giving growth hormone because it allows your body to produce the normal diurnal rhythm of a secretion of growth hormone that you need and that your body expects. And so I love that. It's very helpful for sleep, for weight loss, for mood, for energy, that sort of thing. So peptide therapy is really incredible and it is, um, it's the future of health. And um, the only enemy we have are those who are trying to uh, keep peptides from us. Oh, I agree. Um, Thoughts on semaglutide? I'm asking everyone. So semaglutide is amazing. Uh, semaglutide actually is a peptide and it has been around for a long time. Uh, it's a GLP-1 agonist. It is um, basically helping improve the function of the pancreas and so that it's better able to uh, regulate blood sugar. It has been FDA approved for a long time for diabetics, um, but it's now actually FDA approved also for weight loss in non-diabetics. Um, I love it. It's incredibly effective. I have um, seen amazing results in my patients. Um, the one caveat, the one nuance is you got to freaking go slow with that. The dosing has to be very slow and inch your way up and don't try to be too aggressive. Well, if 0.25 works, maybe 0.5 will work better. You can't do that. Um, I had one client do that on, on her own and she was throwing up for two weeks and had to get an IV because she couldn't keep anything down for two weeks. So um, it, wow. it, it needs to be used carefully. But it, although, yeah. other than that, it's a fantastic peptide. So important to to emphasize that because so yes. many people just think that more is better still. Yes. Still. <laughs> yeah. Listen to your doctor, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was an amazing overview of peptides. I think there's more to come in 2022 on this topic and we're super excited about it for the sake of time. I would love to move on to gains wave. We've only briefly oh. talked about this on the show and I know this is a big part of your yeah. practice. Can you share yeah. a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, so uh, Gainswave is a, a technology that um, has actually been around for a long time. Um, as a urologist for uh, 20 years, 
we would use uh, shockwave therapy to treat kidney stones from the outside of the body called extracorporeal shockwave lithotripsy or ESWL, where we would basically pound away with sound waves to crush up kidney stones. Well, they discovered that at very low intensities, intensity level, that same technology will stimulate the proliferation of new blood supply or blood flow called angiogenesis. So it creates new blood vessels to form. How does it work? How does it do that? Well, it stimulates the activity of stem cells. So stem cells are our progenitor cells. Basically, when we were in utero, these were the cells that create all of our cells. And um, they are the cells that can reproduce and produce new cells for us. And so uh, low-intensity shockwave therapy will stimulate stem cells to repair, regenerate, and remodel blood supply. And so they found that when you apply this technology to the penis, it will improve blood flow both in the lab as well as clinically in human studies. And so it's an amazing treatment, a regenerative treatment to help stimulate recovery of uh, normal, healthy sexual function. Um, I find that in men who have mild issues, it's a great treatment. It works very well at improving performance. Guys who have severe ED and uh, can't get an erection without help, those guys are less likely to see the same kind of amazing results but it's a great treatment. Hmm. What about uh, someone, a man with high, high PSA? Is there any contraindication here? Um, no contraindication to gains wave. Um, when we talk about PSA, now we're looking at a screening test that's used for uh, prostate cancer screening. And so when we see elevated PSA, the question is why, and, and that could be from prostate cancer, obviously, but it could also be just from prostate enlargement. It can sometimes be from prostate infection or prostate inflammation called prostatitis. Um, urinary retention can do it. Um, other, other benign conditions can cause elevated PSA as well. So, um, so that's simply a, a screening test used to identify uh, men who might need further testing to, um, to see if they have prostate cancer. But in terms of gains wave, that would, in my mind, would not be at all a contraindication of treatment. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. And what's the best way for someone to experience gains wave? I know there's providers all over the country. What would you recommend for people to be educated and maybe try it? Come to see me. Come to see yeah. beautiful yeah. Sarasota. Go to Sarasota. Come to Sarasota. Yeah. Where else would you go? <laughs> Twist my arm. I love it there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Um, I think before we wrap up, I would love to hear maybe more about your book, Mail Point uh, 2.0, and tell sure. our audience about it. And oh, thank you. obviously, we'll we'll share some resources. Absolutely, yeah. So I published that. That was my the first book that I published, and that was really my introduction to uh, the concept of what I now call high performance health. Um, Mail 2.0 is about shifting away from the old approach, which I uh, coined Mail 1.0. And that is a, a reactive approach. It's uh, passive. It's waiting for disease to set in. Um, you know, I have this graphic that I love to use where it's an arrow going both directions, a horizontal arrow. And on one end of that arrow is disease, illness, being sick. And the middle of that arrow is neutral, unsick, free of disease, if you will. And to the other end of the arrow is what I call your full potential, peak performance, high performance health. The disease model is all about getting you from sick or disease to normal, quote unquote, or neutral or to that crummy baseline, if you will. 
And my passion and my purpose and my life now is dedicated to taking you from there to your full potential and optimize you in every way that we can. And so Mail 2.0 is about shifting away from that thinking of if it ain't broke, don't fix it or give me the pill to fix the ill or uh, wait for disease to set in. You know, men are, uh, we're simple creatures. We don't like to go to the doctor unless we have to. And it takes a lot to get a guy to go to the doctor. And, and that brings us full circle to why a female audience is so important to get your men to seek help. And I actually have to say it was my wife who nudged me enough, nagged me enough to finally go see a doctor myself. And that got me, uh, you know, changed my career because of it. So massive impact on my life. And so Mail 2.0 is about taking a completely different approach, about being proactive. It's about using personalized genetics to, to really understand what's specifically right for you and not take a one-size-fits-all approach. It's about using wearable technology like we talked about today. It's about using peptide therapy. It's about really transforming and, and reinventing the way we approach men's health. Gosh, and you just mentioned genetics again. We didn't even dive into that today. We'll have to have you back on to talk more Sounds about good. that. That'd be well, I apologize. We've already kept you longer than we promised, but it's all good. One, one final question. If you can yes. give our audience one more piece of advice, something they can start doing today for health and wellness, maybe for men and women. Yeah. <laughs> Close your mouth. So what I mean by that is I mentioned breathing way back in, in, our, in our discussion. Breathing through your mouth has a profound effect on our performance. Cognitive performance, physical performance, everything. It has to do with oxygen delivery to target tissue. And I won't get into the science of it, but suffice it to say, we want to be breathing through our nose at all times. We never want to be breathing through our mouth. And we could talk next time for an hour about the science behind that. Um, so one trick or hack that I would give your audience to try is to simply close your mouth. Day and night, when you're breathing, close your mouth. All right. I'm going to tell my husband that before, uh, before we have us time, there close, you your go. Mouth. close your mouth. <laughs> you really just want to say, stop talking. Yeah. A lot of people wake up in the morning with a dry mouth. Like, like, yeah, like you have to drink. It's because you're breathing through your mouth all night and it has a dramatic effect on everything. Yeah. 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 Our, our dad is actually a biological dentist and our mom is a dental yes. hygienist. Yeah. So we, we actually just had them on the podcast a week ago and we talked a lot about that because he treats sleep apnea and obstructive yeah. airway issues. And yeah, there's so many mouth breathers mm -hmm. out there. So great and advice. There's an amazing book called breath by James Nestor. And I was looking behind me, but it's actually, my wife is reading in the other room. Um, so good. That, it's so good. That book is amazing. And, but he talks about how over uh, generations, the shape of our faces have changed because of us breathing through our mouth. Like that's how powerful this is. So um, great book and uh, really critical that we breathe through our nose. Wonderful. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Dr. Gappin, where can people find you? Thank you. So my website's gappininstitute.com for my center. If you want to find me personally, uh, I'm at drtracygappin.com. Um, I will mention that um, there's a great peptide guide for those of you who are interested in peptides. If you go to my website, uh, gappininstitute.com, um, you can find that there. Um, I also have a, a couple freebies for your audience. Um, if you will text HEALTH to 26786, again, that's HEALTH to 26786, um, I'm going to share um, my Secrets to High Performance Health Guide. I'm going to actually share with your audience a free digital copy of my book, Mail 2.0, that they can download. 
And if they want to get on a, a complimentary discovery call with my team, they can get a link to book that as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your resources and your knowledge and your wisdom. So fun chatting with you today. It was well. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And for everyone listening, we will put all of those resources in the show notes. So it's easy for you to find. Please don't pull out pen and paper while you're driving, listening to the podcast. It will all be there for you. (laughs) Yep. Scroll down. All right. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.